my whole take on breakthrough is I want to be as close to healthy-ish as possible. <laughs> you know, I, like I want to be better than what I was. I want to be emotionally healthy-ish. <laughs> you know? Right. I like that. Still aspirational, still yes. moving forward, and yet also being cognizant of yeah. the limitations that exist for right. all of us. And mm. we're going to be frustrated, but the fight is always worth it. Mm. I don't like the valley. I want to be on the hilltop, but my character has been built in the broken places. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast. They say redheads are fiery and angry, and honestly, that's exactly why two of our hosts are here, to keep Kara in check. So here's calm and collected Anson, serious and contemplative Isaac, and wild and unstable Kara. Welcome back to the Really Real Podcast, episode 74. This is a show where three friends sit down for a drink and some refreshingly honest conversation about real life. I'm Anson, along with Kara and Isaac. Happy to be back with you guys. Yeah. Here's what we've got on tap for today's show. First up in Need a Refill, Kara is trying new recipes. Woohoo! And liking it. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> that could go poorly that or could, it could yeah. go well, yeah. right? Mostly I like it. Mostly yeah. going well, it sounds like. We'll hear a That's little good. bit more about that. In the multiverse of madness, Isaac is going to be taking us on a bit of a journey about what our country would be like if the three of us were in charge. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Evil laughter. It's about right. It's my turn to review something, and I'm going to be talking about one of the tech products that I have really enjoyed using over the last year or so, yep. and that is Truly Wireless Earbuds. Ooh. So I'm going to geek out about earbuds today. And then on Plus One, we have a special guest. Jennifer Watson joins us for a conversation on brokenness and breakthrough. Jennifer is an author. She literally wrote a book about all of this, so mm -hmm. she has a little bit of expertise in this area that we do not have, so we're very thankful for her joining us later on in the show to talk about brokenness. Let's first cover what's everyone drinking today. Let's start with you, Kara. What you got? All right, so I've got some coffee from our bougie coffee maker. We got some Guatemalan beans from Poor John's this week, uh -huh. and they are fire emoji. Okay. Nice. The bougie <laughs> coffee maker returns. It does. Yeah. I had that this morning and I was in a hurry, so I didn't have time to make a latte or anything, but just put some regular old vanilla creamer in it. And it's really good. Off you go. Off I go. So this is Kara's arc into coffee hipster uh -huh. because watch, she was like, yeah, I didn't really have time this morning to make kind of an intense latte. So yeah, I just did these Guatemalan beans. <laughs> With just some normal creamer. Yeah, it's three true, weeks from now, right. she's going to be like, I'm drinking black Guatemalan beans at exactly 91 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. <laughs> Make a good point. Kind of like my LaCroix art yes. a couple seasons yes. ago. We'll watch Kara's character development on I the just, coffee art. I this just want to point it out. This is a main catalytic moment <laughs> All right. where All right. she has not done a latte. We're going oh, to keep an eye on this yeah. and oh, see where this goes. Okay. Isaac, what are you drinking? <laughs> so I mentioned last episode that I've been pounding the Aldi stock cold brew, right. yeah. which is the two gallon jug of cold brew concentrate <laughs> to the point where they're like, sir, please, please you can't stop. drink this in the store. <laughs> but you have to buy this first. Um, Brie has bought a little homebrew cold brew kit Ooh. where you like set the beans to I almost said ferment, but that's not the right word for that. But you like set the beans in the water and then you like stink it down 
and have cold brew in the morning. Oh. Wow. And I think she did that one because she was concerned about how much <laughs> I was buying and consuming the stock cold brew. Yes. And two, it's actually really good. So I've been drinking the huh. cold brew that Bree's been making okay. and it's better than the Aldi version. Uh, that's yeah, so right. see, that's extra fancy. That's even fancier, I think, than my bougie coffee beans. You yeah. Your cold well, brew you know, going. Isaac's already I know, you know he's, he's way fair down ways the down the road yeah. Yeah. Way, at way, this way. point. Yeah. I, I can only get worse at this stage. That's true. So yeah. I've got a uh, coconut LaCroix. Ooh. I have heard that the coconut flavored LaCroix is kind of the lightning rod yeah. LaCroix flavor. You either huh. like it or you absolutely loathe it. Yeah. Wow. Some people think it tastes like sunscreen. Yep. <laughs> I actually really like it. Yeah. Now, I like coconut things in general. Me too. Pretty much any coconut flavored anything, including drinks. So the LaCroix works for me. I like it. I don't really see what all the fuss is about. I'm, I, I'm team yeah. coconut as long as it's almost near frozen temperature. Warm <laughs> coconut water is just, no. <laughs> yeah, that's I, fair. I can probably see that. I like any of them about as cold as I can get them. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true yeah, with any LaCroix. So. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the coconut ones. So. I tried it last week, too, and I liked it. Did you? Yeah, because yeah. I, okay. I had heard the same controversial mm-hmm about it and yeah. I was like nah I like it yeah but I, like I don't coconut. know if I would say necessarily it's like my favorite flavor but yeah. it's it's up there I, I yeah. enjoy it so what's on repeat this week Kara what you listening to I'm listening to Gotta Wait by Roy Tosh and Eris Ford so I guess I gotta wait right now song's been hitting me lately because my husband in particular has been in kind of a season of transition and change with his career and in a season of waiting. I'm kind of there with him a little bit, although I realize it, it doesn't hit me the same as it hits him. But yeah, but sure, you live vicariously, vicariously through him. And, and really want things to happen for him. And so it feels like we're doing a lot of waiting right now yeah. and waiting stinks. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. just come right out and say it. But we all know that there's things happening in the waiting that mm-hmm. are important. Sometimes I just need a song to remind me, okay, God, I I know you haven't forgotten us. It feels like you kind of have. This song is really great about that, about the honesty, but also the hope. The bridge says, I know there's no need rushing you when I don't see. I trust in you. You know just what I'm needing and you've got a reason. So it's okay. I'll just wait right now. Even when I'm uncomfortable, I know nothing's too tough for you. So I can believe that you're still keeping me safe right now, even though I got to wait right now. Mm, that's good. Yeah, it's a good one. I've been listening to Nobody's Coming by Andy Minio. And we've been waiting way too long. What if we're the ones that we're waiting on? Let me just say, like, my notes for this track are emo Andy. Let's go. <laughs> I did not expect a song like this from Andy yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. This would be the exact opposite of what I would expect from someone who has coming in hot like a fajita yes. <laughs> in one of his like, you can right. look up the genius and it's like fajitas are a Mexican dish. <laughs> That's, this is not what I would expect from Andy Minio. Yeah. It's true. And he sings the whole thing too. I don't think he raps any of it. Yeah, oh. no, it's interesting. It is. The album is labeled as experimental and it truly rings that for yeah. me. If nothing changes before I'm gone, I got no one else to blame it on mm-hmm. and we've been waiting for too long. What if we're the ones we're waiting on and this bridge y'all when i heard this i might just have to be what i never had for me it got dusty real quick in my cubicle. I was like, oh, OK. And I think that if you have ever been in a position and I hope if you're listening to this, you haven't been. If you've been in a position where you see a relationship, be it a mentor mentee relationship, a parent child relationship or a relationship that you've grown up where you don't necessarily have that and you see that mm-hmm. in others, you kind of place it on a pedestal where you're like, if I had that, my life would be perfect. It'd be fixed. Right. Like you right. create this deity of this relationship 
relationship you don't have yeah. where that would fix it. That's what I'm mm. waiting on. That's what I'd fix. And that's kind of how I read this song. Yeah. Mm. Andy is admitting like, I've got to be for me what I didn't have. Oof. Wow. That hit me in my chest. And I think it's some important context. If you aren't really familiar with Andy Minio or his music for years, Andy Minio has released tracks about his broken relationship with his dad mm-hmm. and how he's been waiting on his dad to show back up in his life yeah. and make up for a lot of lost time. Mm-hmm. This kind of feels like almost the culmination of a lot of that mm. stuff that he's been working through kind yeah. of to say, all right, he's not walking through the door and everything is going to go back to the way I've always he's, dreamed it should be. Right. Yeah. He's not going to show up for me like I need him to. Right. Right. And, and having to come to terms with that. Yeah. And that's really tough. That's really hard. Yeah. But also there's sounds like some progress kind of being right. made there mm. in all the difficulty. One thing I do want to mention about this song is I've seen a little bit of response to it. It's kind of questioned the message of the song just a little bit. And I don't want to call it like a backlash because it hasn't been like sure. that. Mm-hmm. But just some people kind of wondering, okay, you're a Christian artist. You're writing a song that's titled Nobody's Coming. The song culminates in this line. I might just have to be what I never had for me. And some people have pointed out like, well, I don't, that feels like a, theologically like a little bit off, right? Mm. It's not us pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps and making everything okay. Jesus is the one who does that for us, right? Right. That's why I feel like this context about Andy Minio's relationship with his dad is pretty critical yeah. to our understanding and our reading of this song. Yeah. I don't think he's saying Jesus can't be the be all and end all for me, or God isn't going to help me through this difficult situation. Mm-hmm. He's specifically talking about a very particular relationship with his dad yeah. where someone has been absent in his life. Yeah. And he's realizing this is like the hand I've been dealt right. with this relationship. And so it's up to me to stop making excuses about this thing right. and, mm-hmm. and grow. Right. Stop right? making excuses and let go of that idealization and that yeah. expectation of it. Yeah. The subtext is I'm going to pursue a deeper relationship with Jesus. I'm going to be that encouragement that I wanted from Mm. my dad that's absent Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be that for myself. That's reading a lot, but I think like once you get the context there, if you got a cold read on this song, not knowing Andy's story, I could understand maybe some questions. I didn't get the bootstrap message at all. I thought it was more of a closure because you grieve relationships that you think you should have and you don't have. You grieve them like a death because those changes happen. And I think this is Andy on the acceptance side of grief. That's totally. kind of what I heard when I listened to it is that deep grief. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it feels like to me when I listen to it is yeah. like hits you in the gut grief. And then like the acknowledgement, I'm not going to give this relationship power over me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to give this the power. I'm taking it back and I'm moving forward. On the opposite end of the spectrum, I've been listening to <laughs> Good Vibes by Harvey and Matoma. Yeah, I don't know that I could have chosen a song that's more different from the one that Isaac picked out this week. I love the pivot. It's so good. Anson's here to save the day. That's right. (laughs) Good Vibes by Harvey and Matoma. I really like this song. It's super catchy. It's really fun. Yeah. kind of was thinking about this, Kara, when you were talking about Gotta Wait. Sometimes you need to hear a song 
that speaks truth about a thing, even if you're not quite there yet. Yes. And I feel that way sometimes about songs like this one. Sometimes you need a song that reminds you what it's like to have joy, even when you're not feeling it. Mm. Maybe I'm not waking up feeling like this is just a great day. No, not every day is like that. But sometimes I need to listen to a song to help my feelings catch up a little bit. Yeah. Because I think there were times in the past where I'd be like, I'm not feeling this thing that this song's talking about. Maybe it's a, a worship song that's talking about how great God is and how much joy God gives me. And I'm like, man, I'm just not quite feeling that today. So I can't authentically Mm. engage with this song because I'm not there as opposed to realizing, no, sometimes I can listen to a song where I'm not quite tracking with it, but it's going to help kind of pull me in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I feel like a, a, just a really fun song like this does. That's talking about positivity and good vibes and just feeling good and feeling joyful. Even if I'm not quite there, I can listen to that song and it helps me my feelings trend in that direction just a little bit more. Hello, weary consumer. Are your budgeting concerns getting you down? Are your loved ones bothering you about some of your more extravagant purchases? Introducing the You Should Buyzik, an encouraging shopping buddy that will validate all of your purchases, no matter how exorbitant. Designed to look like Isaac, your favorite podcast host, with a fun retro toy aesthetic, simply pull on Isaac's pull string on his back for an affirmation. Those sneakers look great on you, and you never treat yourself. What's $400? Your half birthday is coming up. You owe it to yourself. The You Should Buyzik is now available to Real FM listeners in a special Real FM Green Edition for $19.99. Get one today. This is a great investment. Need a refill? What we wish life would pour us a little more of. Another! Today, the thing that I feel like I need more of in my life is trying new recipes. This is something I've gotten into more in the last couple of years, really since I've gotten married, because meal planning became a thing. And when you're single, you eat cheese and crackers for dinner and it's cool. And when yes. you get married, you're like, yes. oh, wait, I have to actually feed uh, both of us real food. Um, so, you know, you don't, you don't want cheese and crackers, yeah, do you? To, to be fair. Some nights, right? Yeah, exactly. To be fair, my husband's super chill about this. And yeah. he's actually a good cook, too, which really helps. But yeah, I've actually discovered the joy of cooking new food and Mm. trying new things. And I've tried so many new recipes. In particular, I've tried a lot of Thai uh, and Chinese. I say Chinese food, you know, American Chinese food. food. (laughs) I've tried. Still good, by the way. Still very incredible. Yes. I've tried a lot of those in the last couple of years and it's been super fun. And it's it's been really like empowering and encouraging because I can look at these recipes that maybe previously I would have been really intimidated by and I'm like, oh, I can't make that. There's all kinds of ingredients. I don't understand what they are. (laughs) But then I've slowly started building this small repertoire of ingredients like fish sauce and like curry paste Mm -hmm. and these things that you're like, what? (laughs) But now they're in my pantry and in my repertoire and have these spices that I hadn't used before. And so now I can try all these new things and It's really fun to me to see like something whole come out of all these Mm. little pieces that you put together and be like, I did that. Yeah. And it actually tastes good. (laughs) I feel like so much of cooking and probably this could go for a lot of different hobbies, but so much of it is about confidence. Yes. Like once you make a few things and they Mm. actually do turn out 
Right. Well, you're like, I can do that. Oh, okay. This ingredient or this thing over here, this isn't as scary as I thought, or even just the concept of using something that I've never used before. Right. Okay. I can follow a recipe. I can do it. And then it turns out okay. And it's not awful. Like once you get kind of that confidence, then you're like, all right, now I'm into trying new things and it's less scary and more exciting. I know you guys have recently been talking about trying new things and how it's good for you. And and this is kind of the area in my life. I feel like I've done this the most. Mm. And when it turns out good, it's so rewarding. And and Cody's been so sweet about this. He's just been like, thank you for trying all these new things. And he's like, when he really likes something, he's like, this is spot on. Like, this is really good. More rewarding than getting to eat the fruits of your labor. Yeah. (laughs) And Carrie, you're a, you're a baker. I know that like you've baked a lot. I do love to bake. Is the experience of cooking drastically different? Cause I know that's a good point. Isn't baking more like a scientific, like you need precise directions, whereas cooking is different or people have always said that I don't bake like that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I follow recipes, but I don't feel like so scientific about it that Mm, I'm like getting out my scale or anything. I've never been in that kind of a baker. Right. So I don't know that it's like drastically different. I just had more experience baking than cooking. And I felt more comfortable with the baking ingredients inside of things than I did with cooking. Like cooking involves more, I think, techniques than the kind of baking I was doing. So there's a little bit of intimidation with learning some of that. Right. But once I started doing it a little bit more and I still have a ways to go, let's be honest, like I still get into ruts, but then when I do, I'm able to kind of go back to this. I have this ongoing list on Pinterest of recipes and things I want to try. And I'm able yeah. to be like, okay, let's find something new. This mm-hmm. could be fun. And I will say there are times when I try something and it doesn't turn out so well. Mm-hmm. For example, recently, it doesn't happen super often, but I made gumbo from this book that I got on Kindle. And she was like, oh, it's my brother-in-law's favorite recipe. And he always asks for three bowls of it, blah, blah, blah. And right. I asked Cody, like, would you like to try this? And he's like, sure, I'll try it. So we made it and it was one of those things that like the first night when we ate it, it was like, oh yeah, there's some, there's some interesting flavors in here. (laughs) Yeah. And then the next night I was like, I don't really like this. (laughs) He was like, yeah, it kind of gave me a funny feeling in my stomach. I was like, all right, we're done. (laughs) A true test of a recipe is if it makes the leftover pass. Like if you can eat it two nights in a row, you're like, I know it did not make the leftover pass. And that does happen sometimes. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the other side of learning something new. Right. Is you get those successes and that builds confidence and all that. But then there are times, yeah, where you take a step backwards (laughs) and then you kind of have to go, okay, but yeah. it didn't kill me. No, like, I mean, and it's fine. Yeah. What's the worst thing that happens when you have a recipe that you try and it's not your favorite? Like, well, you ate it the once and then you don't have to yeah. eat it again if you don't or want. You order pizza. Or you get, right, yeah. <laughs> or you Things order go pizza. really bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you go out to eat. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely not the end of the world. And then you kind of start to realize like, okay, we like these kind of dishes mm, and these yeah. kind of foods. Yeah. And we're not so yeah. much that kind, but that's okay. Like, we'll pursue more of this kind. So yeah. I, I want more of that. I want to keep trying that. Get ready for the multiverse of madness. Things are about to get really weird. We're about to jump on that ginormous spaceship. You want to come? We're going to step into Dr. Strange's portal. It's Is it Dr. Strange's portal or is it the monk from the Marvel Universe? That's I a good question. Name. Who owns the portal? Yeah. How do portal Juan. property rights work? <laughs> Still have a lot of questions about how the whole multiverse thing works. So many questions. We're we're diving into a portal of questionable ownership and going into (laughs) the year 2041. Okay. 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 We're on the second day of Kara's impeachment trial as president. (laughs) 
Oh, impeachment. Dear. Wow. Yes. Yes. This, went, impeach. this went what really poorly. <laughs> President Culver did not go over well, folks. Oh, and sad. for reasons you might not expect. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Kara, obviously, right. soon to be disgraced president. <laughs> I am Kara's press secretary in this scenario. Oh, okay. Nice, okay. Nice. I am handling the spin of everything. Okay. I love it. I definitely could see this. Yeah. yeah. Anson would be leading the Department of Finance. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Anson is in the process of pulling his hair out, trying to justify and find the money for all of these expenses. And That's fair. Speaking of some of the expenses, uh-huh. Here and we Kara, go. feel free to chime in on some of the main budget items you would want yeah. in your administration. Okay. Yeah. Maybe ones that might have led to your impeachment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking. Um, I'm tracking now. Yeah. Okay. So we've got to have weighted blankets for everyone. Yes. I think that's, that's got to be a main. That's like policy number one. <laughs> number for one. For everyone. Everyone. A weighted blanket. It's a weighted Even blanket. Even people who don't want them. And then with that, of course, comes mandatory nap breaks for all companies across right. the board. Productivity in the country has probably just plummeted. Tanked. Yeah. Is this, is this why we're, right. we're impeaching depends, Kara now? That right. depends on how you look at it. Naps can <laughs> sure. either plummet your productivity or increase it. Yeah. I mean, there's been and research. And as the press secretary, I would be coming out and like bringing yeah. all these health stats of like, right. yeah. naps are good for you. Come on, folks. Obviously. Anti-nap is anti-American. Well, yeah. I mean, and weighted blankets decrease anxiety, which should increase productivity. Sure. So I'm just saying. Yeah. That's number two on the, yeah. the policy list. Um. Daily fresh cookies that, for all. For everyone. Just the White House staff or like well, you're talking countrywide. We definitely need to start with the White House staff because I need right. everybody to be happy <laughs> yeah. that I work with. I, mean, this I is heard, our, this I heard is our you closed, say the words for all. I yeah. did say that. I did. <laughs> this is our closed door office meeting. Closed we're, we're, door. We're, we're walking this out. I mean, okay. if I'm the Department of Finance guy... <laughs> How many people live in the United States? It's like, what, like 300 million people or something like that? Over 10. <laughs> Over 10 people. Somewhere sure. between 10 and 300 million people live in the United States. I'll take the floor. You can have the ceiling. That's great. Yeah. And we're talking about weighted blankets for everyone. Yeah. Naps for everyone. Cookies for everyone yeah. every day. Yeah. I mean, what would be the cost of yeah. millions and millions of cookies every single day? I could see how the guy in my position we'll is like, out. yeah, starting to get a little stressed <laughs> over here. A little sweaty. <laughs> well, and I like, this all sounds really nice, but how are we going to pay for all this? That's yeah. fair. That's fair. The ultimate conundrum of government, right? Well, and I haven't mentioned my final initiative. Oh, that is okay. maybe an executive order. I'm so so I'm an executive <laughs> order. Potentially. Okay, uh, where are we is, going? That is no cat left behind. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make sure take care of all of yes. these poor abandoned and cats, y'all. Could Potato, my cat, be like yes. your, your officer, your chief, yes. no cat left behind officer? He's my officer, yeah. absolutely. And uh, chief poster cat as well. For so, this. again, sorry to, to be the downer here <laughs> as the numbers guy. 328 million people in the United States. Okay. Yes. A few more than 10 million, Mr. PR guy. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a lot 10. of cookies. Also, 58 million stray cats. <laughs> So wait, Here's how many in the United States? How many people live in the United States? Three hundred twenty-eight million. million. Fifty-eight million stray there's cats. There's still less than the people. Than the people. Yeah, but you right. were talking about ten million people. No, there's sixty million cats, Isaac. <laughs> yeah. That we've got to somehow figure out how to take care but of. All of those cats deserving a loving home. <laughs> See, what does the Statue of Liberty say? If not, give me your tired, <laughs> your weak, your downtrodden. And what you is- among us more downtrodden than the? <laughs> Cats. Cats. Come on. How much is it going to cost per cat? 
oh. to take care of each cat. Isaac, you've been taking care of cats. I literally cat just recently. took a cat to How much vet. have you spent? A vet on potato so far. A vet appointment for potato cost us about 150 bucks. That's to get dewormer. That's to get flea treatment. That's not including fixing and everything. Right. So probably conservative stuff. estimate, $400. Uh-huh. Anson has his calculator <laughs> out right now. And I'm really worried about the Just amount of zeros. Doing a little math here. I need some commas in these zeros because oh, wow. I can't tell how big this number is. I will say, is. though. <laughs> How much does an aircraft carrier cost? Okay. That's a good question. We lose two or three aircraft carriers. We sell them to whoever, Canada, that gives us our cat money. There you go. $23 billion. For the That's cats doable. alone. That's doable. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. We can knock those numbers out. Look, Canada already on the horn to buy two aircraft carriers. There we go. They can rename them the USS Syrup or something. All right, look, look, look. <laughs> we can argue all day long about whether or not we can come up with $23 billion to okay. pay for no cat left behind. <laughs> The fact of the matter is, Kara's being impeached right now. Oh, right, oh, yeah, that's right. true. So yeah, true. we need to anticipate why that's happening. It's not me. <laughs> that's true. I'm just presenting the facts. Okay, I, we're dealing with a political crisis here. Right, that okay. you guys have got to figure out. Fine. I would think that your weighted blanket initiative. Yeah. would be pretty intense for the like the international textile industry because oh. think about like everything that goes into a weighted blanket like right. that's a material shortage you would trigger a global material, material. shortage <laughs> which true. I would then say like hey everyone's stressed out about a material shortage so they need weighted blankets you need clearly <laughs> Well, at least the yeah, problem solves itself. Imagine, imagine like a delegate from wherever these are being made, like Malaysia somewhere. Like they're stressing out on like the Senate floor and yeah. Kara just slowly comes in from behind <laughs> and drapes them with a weighted blanket and they instantly just fall out. Like their yeah. argument dies in the this water. This just feels like the dumbest episode of House of Cards I've ever heard. <laughs> Basically. You can see on CNN, the No Cat Left Behind initiative has violent clashes between pro-cat and pro dog people in every major city. Yeah, now they're all like rioting in the streets against each other. Our country has never been more divided. Uh, like you thought the red versus blue was bad? Yeah. No, cats dog versus dogs yeah. is taking it to yeah. the next level. But yeah. at least we'd be talking about something different, right? I mean, oh, that's true. <laughs> I would much rather have the cat versus... I'll give you that. Yeah. These political crises sound a heck of a lot more fun than right? the ones we're dealing with in real life. Yeah. Don't they? So at least there's that's that. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. It's time to yelp the world where we rate anything because you're dying to know our opinions about everything, right? This is literally the most exciting thing I've ever seen. All right. So today on Yelp the World, I am reviewing one of my favorite tech gadget categories, I guess (laughs) I would say, of the last couple of years. It was what? I think about a year ago, I bought my first pair of truly wireless earbuds, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm talking about earbuds with no cables at all, not connecting them like the AirPods or whatever. These have taken over. Yeah. And I am totally here for them. Yeah. I love my wireless earbuds. Yeah. I am guilty at times of buying a gadget and being like, this is going to be super useful. (laughs) I I can justify spending $200 on this because I'm going to use it all the time. Right. And then like I use it for like a couple weeks and then it ends up sitting in a drawer somewhere or stashed away. Yeah. Turns out I didn't really need that (laughs) thing. My smart waffle iron did not revolutionize my morning. Exactly. What? This happens a lot. But the truly wireless earbuds, I feel like are a a little bit of an exception to this rule. I spend a little more money on it than I normally would spend mm-hmm. on gadgets like this. 
And then I ended up just using them all the time. Yeah. Like they pretty much are always in my pocket. That's and I'm awesome. pulling them out constantly. I can use these with my phone. I can use them with my laptop. I can use them with my computer at home. Yep. I can use them while I'm riding a bike. I can use them while I'm running or exercising. Pretty much any situation, I can pull these out. They're not obtrusive. They don't get in the way. They connect seamlessly to all my different devices once you have the Bluetooth stuff set up. Yep. And even more than that, I feel like one of the reasons I really like my wireless earbuds is that they enable behavior that I actually want to enable yeah. because the other thing I think that happens with technology and me sometimes is, okay, maybe it is something that I do end up using a lot, mm-hmm. but maybe that's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Like I get a new video game or whatever, and then I spend right. all of my time playing it when yes. I probably should be doing other things. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like with the wireless earbuds, it enables behavior I actually want to engage in. Right. Mm-hmm. I like listening to music and there's nothing wrong with listening to music. No. Right. Or I want to listen to podcasts or even audiobooks. Like I want to listen to an audiobook while I'm working out, right. these actually have me doing those things more mm-hmm. than I would have before I got these. That's yeah. great. Right. The big wins with these, most of them have hear through capability now. So yeah. you can turn on this like hear through thing that's cool. and you can actually hear everything that's going on around you. Yeah. Huh. So I can still be out for a jog or on a bike or something, still hear like traffic or things like that. Mm-hmm. Or I can be in the office and someone can sneak up behind me and they say, hey, Anson, and I actually hear them yeah. behind me instead of just being off in my own little world. Of course, they also have the like active noise cancellation, so you can be off in your own little world yeah. for when you want to be, because sometimes that's important. I would say like the only downside is like there are occasions where I'm like, okay, I probably should take these out and actually experience the world that's going on around <laughs> me from time to time. What? Like yeah. I've, I've noticed yeah. this with exercise. Mm. There have been a couple occasions recently, particularly I've been on my bike a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. There are times where like, okay, you're on a bike and you, you really probably need to hear like when cars are coming up behind yeah. you and stuff. So you don't get run over and die. And so I've gone on a couple rides or done a few exercises lately where I haven't listened to music. And yeah. I've realized oh, this is actually kind of nice though. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes mm-hmm. just listening to, what's happening around me in the world. There's a certain like relaxing state Mm. to that of just listening to nature. Right. Right. Oh, there uh, are birds. Right. Not feeling like I always have to be ramming music down my ears. Late evening or early morning bike rides are perfect for that. You just hear like your tire on pavement and you just hear quiet or birds chirping. Mm -hmm. That's nice. That is nice. Yeah, it is kind of nice. So there's one thing I feel like, okay, I do have to remind myself at times that I don't always need to be listening to a song. Can you remove your studio headphones? Are you wearing them under your studio headphones right now? I am not. No, I do not have them on at this moment. I would ultimately give my wireless earbuds probably like a four out of five, though. Yeah, like, these are, sure. This is really great technology. I love it. It enables a lot of behavior that I love. Every once in a while, I need to remind myself to take them out. Hmm. If you need a suggestion on like an actual product to buy, yeah. the ones that I have are kind of a mouthful, but they're called the Jabra Elite 75T. Because a lot of headphones have really dumb names. <laughs> um, but these are actually really great. My favorite feature of them that I haven't seen hardly any other headphones that have this feature is that they can connect to two devices at the same time. Whoa. So you can connect it to your phone and your computer simultaneously. So I, yeah. I can be huh. listening to something on my phone and then I start playing a video on my computer and it just takes over. Yeah. Or I get a phone call and it just switches seamlessly back to my phone. That's yeah. cool. So that's really, really nice, especially because I'm constantly 
constantly changing between yeah. inputs. If you're on iOS, it's hard to recommend anything other than Apple AirPods or AirPods yeah. Pro because they just work so seamlessly. I just got a pair of Pros. With an iPhone. Did you? Did you? And there, it's the same experience that you're having. Like I went from a cheaper pair of wireless ones to like these that have like the hear through and they're super solid. So yeah. everything you just said about wireless, you're absolutely right. But the good news is there are a number of cheaper wireless yeah. earbuds that are starting to come out now that are actually pretty decent. Yeah. Maybe they're not going to be quite as good as some of these higher end ones, but it's not like you're giving up a lot and you can buy them for like under 50 bucks. Yeah. I know Skull Candy makes a bunch of different ones. Yeah, I think, I Kara, that's what you have. Yeah, they're great. And I've also read a bunch of reviews. I was recently looking at a cheaper pair of wireless earbuds to buy for somebody else. The Earfun Free 2 showed up <laughs> a lot in reviews. Earfun. Yeah, Earfun. Earfun. <laughs> Uh, these cost like 45 bucks yeah, and great. everyone says, yeah, okay. They're not the AirPods pro. They're maybe not the like jobber elites. Sure. They're still really good. And for 45 bucks, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. That's so, great. A lot of options. If you want to dive into a pair of these, you can now do it at least for like 40 or 50 bucks instead of spending 200 right out the gate. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. if you decide, Oh, I do really like these. I want to get some nicer ones. You could always do that yeah. down the road. From the creators of the You Should Bizik doll comes an updated version for some of life's bigger expenses. The You Should Bizik doll deluxe now includes GPS and motion sensing AI. This new update builds a consumer profile as you purchase with it. Bring your You Should Bizik deluxe with you everywhere, and no matter how much money you spend, It'll justify all of your big purchases within its detectable 30-foot radius. Simply pull the string. Wow, you bought a Sprinter van? Hey, van life is in right now. You can quit your job and be an influencer. Go you! That hot tub is sick. Think of how relaxed you're going to be now. Hashtag self-care. Of course, investing in your friend's cryptocurrency was a great idea. Your kids will be paying for their college tuition in Dale Coin in 15 years. To the moon! Hashtag diamond hands. And now we're happy to announce that we're offering the You Should Bizek Deluxe Doll now on a 20% discount if you own the original You Should Bizek. At the end of this ad, hold up your original You Should Bizek Doll near the speaker and pull the string for your discount code. The You Should Bizek Doll and You Should Bizek Doll Deluxe. It's not consumerism, it's self-care. Come on. Plus One, a part of the show where we learn from others because we need all the help we can get. The whole pleasure of being a human is in being stupid, but learning to be less stupid together. And now it is time for Plus One. Today we are joined by Jennifer Watson. Jennifer is the author of Freedom, The Gutsy Pursuit of Breakthrough and Life Beyond It. She's also the co-host of the More Than Small Talk podcast on the KLRC Podcast Network. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. We're really excited to have you. I'm so excited to hang out with the cool kids. (laughs) We're just going to accept that and not correct you. Go with it. Just pretend like that is absolutely true. Some self-love there. That one go. <laughs> That's right. We don't really have any idea what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm, we're just mm-hmm. a few people sitting in a room trying to figure this out. And that's why I'm so excited that today we have someone who literally wrote the book on this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to help us because brokenness and breakthrough are really interesting words for our culture yes. today. It seems to me like we have these pendulum swings yes. that we talk about. It feels like almost every episode. I yeah. uh, yeah. We come back to this idea that culture has changed 
changed in some really dramatic yes. ways with brokenness. Speaking just for myself, as someone who would probably be classified as a millennial, maybe we watched our parents or our grandparents' generation, and we kind of got fed up with what we perceived as this faking it mentality, yes. pretending that everything's fine mm-hmm. when it's very much not fine. And in response to that, we kind of... <laughs> swung things the other way and said, if things are not fine, number one, we're going to be honest about it. And maybe even beyond being honest about it, has the pendulum swung so far that we've almost begun to glamorize the idea of not being okay. Is that a fair summation of what you think has happened? Yes, because I think we're talking about it so freely because our parents, our grandparents never talked about it. To ask for help was weakness is Mm. what I felt. So I think that there is a glorification of brokenness that's happening because it's easy to stay in that stuck place, Mm -hmm. especially if you want to. So I really think that sometimes where we're swinging too far on that is where brokenness becomes victim mentality all the time. Mm. You know, so that's kind of what I'm seeing is like, hey, I'm messy. We're all messy. Let's all just be messy. (laughs) You know, and like there's some of that that's okay, but in our lives, we've got to find something to take us back to the middle road where we're like brokenness isn't who I am. Mm. That's an identity is that's where I feel like people are going. Well, let's take a step back for just a moment. You wrote this book. What led you in your own personal journey to be thinking about these subjects and eventually even to write about them? I come from a broken home with verbal abuse, physical abuse, all of those things. And I felt like brokenness was so familiar and I really felt like I healed from those things. I realized that, you know, as a grown up introducing like ministry into the mix, there was a lot of new trauma. And so in my journal is I was circling the same issues all the time. That's where I think that brokenness can be stuckness is when we're talking about the same thing. Mm. If you're talking about something that happened 20 years ago and the same hurt comes out and you like you're not whole. I think that we can hold on to these things. And I felt like that's what I was doing. It had become an identity of sorts. Yeah. Mm. Super relatable. I I imagine almost everyone can think of (laughs) the things that we would be either literally or mentally kind of circling in our minds. This is one of those areas where I get stuck. Yes. And it feels like just this never ending cycle or never ending battle that sticks with us for a long, long time. Yeah. And I think we do kind of accept it and just kind of go, okay, well, this is just my life. Like I just part of who I am. I just live here and this is my struggle and it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that pendulum swing, the idea of going from, okay, we know that faking it, pretending like those things don't exist, sticking our fingers in our ears and going, uh, like I I don't have those problems. Yeah. Like we may have tried that at various points in our lives and that doesn't work. So then maybe we swing to this other side. This is a part of my identity. Have you experienced both of those things in your life? And would you say you struggled with one more than the other? Does it kind of go back and forth? Yeah, I definitely think that my story has evolved and changed as I've gotten older. I'm not the same little girl that was incredibly shy that was hiding under tables. Like I'm not Mm. that girl anymore. For a a little while, Carrie Corn and I had started this ministry called brokengirl.org. And we don't do that anymore because we just didn't want to be labeled. Mm. We felt like as we were getting whole, that we didn't want to be that label anymore. Mm. And so I think it's really a mindset mentality where you say, those are things that happened to me. That's not my identity, but I'm better because of those things. So I think that the, the swinging so 
so far to me is circling the same issues over and over. To me, that's what we call toxic now, you know, and I I don't think that I thought that way maybe 10 years ago. So there's a big difference between identity and saying like, this is who I am versus this is something that happens to me. Right. This is something that, yes, I I do get stuck in from time to time, but I'm also more than the sum of this place that I'm stuck in. Right. It feels like vulnerability and the willingness to be presenting as raw and just sort of real has been heavily incentivized right now. Like there was a mom who's a vlogger who was busted for like having her kid intentionally cry for a thumbnail. Like, did you see that? Oh my gosh. It's just nuts. Mm. But I was initially shocked by that. And then the more I sat and thought about it, I was like, well, that's what gets attention. Is this manufactured or perceived to be real vulnerability? I'm only seeing more of today. I don't have it. It's just exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it is absolutely exhausting. You see people like that, the moms who are making their kids cry. I mean, that's traumatic in itself Mm. and then embarrassing for her. But yeah, it's not about attention. It's Mm. about connection, right? So when we share our stories, we're vulnerable. It's about connecting with someone else who might share a story Mm. and we find wholeness Mm. and healing together by sharing our stories. I think that's a really good distinction you just made that it's about connection, not attention. Yes. Mm. I think that's where we get tripped up a lot of times because there is great value in vulnerability in fostering connection. Yes. So much power. But if we're using it only to get attention, then it's more destructive than it is connecting. Right. I'm very protective of people who are sharing their stories for the first time. I've got a friend who has battled addiction and she started sharing her story on Facebook, which can sometimes invite the trolls. Yeah. And I sent her a message and just said, I'm really proud of you for sharing your story. You're going to have a vulnerability hangover. That's Mm. a phrase that I got from Brene Brown, but Mm -hmm. um, you're going to feel really, really raw and you're going to want to hide. So be careful, pace yourself Mm. and only share what you need to. Mm. Only share what you can handle right now. Yeah. That's good advice. And I think we live in an age where the ever present temptation of attention seeking Mm -hmm. is so prominent. It's easy to get sucked into that and share those things for the wrong reasons. There also is so much power in sharing those stories for the right reasons. Like, so it's not that we Mm -hmm. want to eliminate that and say, we don't want to talk about because we could go right back the other way. But speaking personally, I feel like there's always this push and pull of that for me of like, what do I say or what do I not say? Mm-hmm. And it really comes back to like a heart question. Why do I want to say this? Right. right? Yeah. Like, Motivation. Yeah. And a lot of times, just again, speaking personally, when I check myself on that, I realize there's part of me that mm. maybe is motivated a little bit by like, yeah. I'd really like some mm. sympathy here. Or I'd yeah, really like, some, you know, like I would yeah. just like to feel a little better about this. Yeah. And if I mm. speak about it in this way, that's the most likely to invite Mm. really nice responses that make me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like a really tricky thing to balance and to walk out. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do want people to see us. Some people want to be seen and heard, but then some people are attention seekers. And I think there's a difference because yes, we want someone to see us and acknowledge us. I don't think that's necessarily all bad, Mm. but if that's all you put out there, Mm. then yeah, That's where the concern goes. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about a phrase that's really, really popular in pop culture. There's actually literally even a song that we've played on Real FM that is literally called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. Yes. Right. I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, in what ways is that phrase true? Yeah. And valuable even? Yeah. And in what ways is it not? I think it's okay not to be okay, but there's a time limit on it. Mm hmm. 
the goal is to not stay in our pain forever, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to feel it. We've got to confront it. We've got to name it. But if that's, I'm not okay, and that's really cool with everybody now, so I'm just not okay, it means that you're stuck. Mm, yeah. So there's things like, I'm not okay because I'm grieving someone. Right. I'm not okay because I'm grieving a relationship that ended. I'm not okay because someone in my family's sick. There's things like that that are like circumstantial. Yeah. But if we're just not okay, because we're just not okay, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. Like ever. You know, ever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's not aspirational. No, yeah. like we don't want to be not okay all the time. Right. Mm. You know, don't build your home there. Yeah. So big difference mm. between... I'm not okay today. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not okay because of this thing that happened or is happening. For example, my best friend lost his mom Mm. two years ago Mm. and it was tragedy. She was really young and he now is in a place with it where he's made progress, right? Grief. He knows that grief is a lifelong process, but he was talking to me about this the other day about how he wishes people would stop trying to address him as if he just lost his mom because he's like, I've moved past that. And Mm. it's making people uncomfortable because he's like, no, like I am better about this now. Yeah. But there's almost like people want you to still be in a place where (laughs) you're not Mm. okay about it. Like there's this pressure for arrested development almost. So funny because again, the pendulum swing, that's so opposite of what it used to be. It used to be like, well, why aren't you over this yet? Yeah. And now... It's like, that's hilarious to me and yeah. in a really morbid way. Not hilarious. <laughs> no, that, it, it is funny. We did laugh about it because like, like that's, it's just it's so bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, there's a phrase that you use in the book that really jumped out at me and it's active brokenness. Can you talk a little bit about that? What does that look like? Active brokenness is saying I'm looking for a way out of this. Where we're proactive, we partner with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't force things on us, things that we've heard like, oh, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you know, Mm. all of that. Brokenness and breakthrough is active because we take an active role in it. It's not Mm. just accepting it. It's just saying, what's the lesson in this? What's the way out of this? Mm. We can't just resign ourselves to this happened. So I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. Mm. No, it's what Mm. next? Going back to that phrase of it's okay not to be okay. That is okay in the sense that it's normal. Yeah. But also I don't have to be satisfied or stuck to use your word in this place. There's an active role that we have to take to advance, to keep moving. And I think it's good to know that that can be at your own pace. It doesn't mean, okay, I've decided to be unbroken. So tomorrow, tomorrow, (laughs) well, something that I always say when people are like, how are you? And they know that I've just gone through like a major thing. Mm -hmm. I say, I'm not okay, but I will be. Mm. Yeah. I don't know when I will be, but I will be. I always say that because just saying I'm not okay. That's like period, you know, like Mm. that's like the end of it. I'm not okay, but means there's something coming after this. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes you probably need to remind yourself of that, Mm. even when it doesn't feel like it's true. Right. When I say I will be, it's kind of almost speaking that over myself. Like, like, even if I don't believe it right now, I will be okay. And that's an important Mm. thing to hear from others and from ourselves. One day I will get there. I don't know how I'm going to get there, (laughs) but you know, one step at a time, eventually I will be. Uh, One of the descriptions on your book, I think it's be on the back of the book, it literally calls brokenness an idol. Maybe someone would read that or hear that and go like, well, that's a strong word, yes. right? To say that yeah. brokenness is an idol. But I think there's some truth to that. 
how does brokenness become an idol? Yeah. And what are the side effects of idolizing brokenness? So I think that it can be an idol when that takes a lead in our story. But the side effect of making it an idol or making it a badge of honor is anxiety and depression and unhealthiness. So that's where I've seen myself when I wanted to camp there and circle the same issues. It became an idol because I wasn't willing to let it go. Mm. Like God was Mm. like, are you done? Like, you know, and and I was even at the point, like, I think I'm done with this. So why am I still talking about this? Interesting. God's like, Hey, I'm ready to do some work here. Yeah. (laughs) We have to kind of be ready for that as well. And if we've kind of almost embraced that stuckness, we may not be ready to respond to the work that God is ready to do in us. Mm. Uh, We've spent a lot of time in this conversation so far talking specifically about brokenness. I do want to like, as you just talked about, turn the corner a little bit into breakthrough and what it looks like to turn the corner from mm-hmm. embracing or even idolizing brokenness. So how do we thread the needle and distinguish in a healthy way the difference between shaming ourselves over our imperfections, but also not celebrating brokenness? Like where does that turning point begin? What I love about talking about breakthrough is it's a beginning. The military term of breakthrough is advancing in enemy territory. Mm. And so I feel like that's where you say, I'm not going to hide from this. I'm going to run into it. I'm going to advance this territory territory in my life. And where I see people not experiencing breakthrough, it's because we don't feel like we're worthy of God's blessing. Breakthrough Mm -hmm. is knowing that his promises are for us and that he paid for it. So we don't need to keep beating ourselves up for it. I really like that definition of of breakthrough because I think sometimes, at least for me, breakthrough means ultimate success, right? Like Mm -hmm. ultimate victory. Like I've conquered all of my problems. They're no longer with me anymore. (laughs) The battle is won and now I'm good. That's very different from advance, advancing into enemy territory. It doesn't mean the battle's won. It doesn't mean the fight's over. It's incremental. Right. It means I'm making incremental progress. Mm -hmm. So what have been some of the biggest practical steps that you've taken to advance that have helped you in your breakthrough? The way that I think, what I dwell on, I had a mentor and I wrote about this in the book, but I was about to just go on a tangent. It was like a hurricane just stirring up all of these things that I was mad about. And she said, don't give breath to that. And I was like, oh, out. (laughs) But she was so serious and she was glaring at me right in the eyes. Don't give breath to that. And I had her finger up, you know, and I was like, oh, gosh. And then she said, don't let the enemy have any territory in this. Don't open the door to this. And I was like, I hear what you're saying. That felt a little harsh, but Mm. I needed that. Mm. The step for advancement was that moment right there where I said, I have the power over this by what I'm talking about and what I'm thinking about. Yeah. You Mm. know, stop dwelling on the bad things. And I'm not talking toxic positivity because that's where we're swinging now. You know, I'm like, oh my goodness, could we just find the middle? Yeah. But also forgive yourself Mm. because we're going to make mistakes on the regular, but let go of what you think was part of the reason why you deserve to not have the blessings of God and just say, that's not truth. Sometimes I think we do need that person in our lives, whether it's a mentor or a friend or whoever to 
come alongside us and sometimes say things that feel a little bit harsh. Yeah. That catch oh, our attention. In your book, you talk about how sometimes we'd all kind of prefer that watered down version of Jesus mm-hmm. who is all love and compassion and yeah. kindness and gentleness. And he is all of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, Jesus doesn't turn a blind eye to sin. Mm-mm. He doesn't turn a blind eye to brokenness. Yeah. At no point does he come across someone who is broken and mm-hmm. say, that's yeah. good. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. He says, like, I accept you right where you are, but those aren't the same thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes tough questions and tough moments are probably a part of this journey. Right. right? Well, I'm thinking of the woman at the well. She's hiding from people in the heat of the day because she's a woman who's thought as promiscuous or whatever it Mm was. He asked her where's your husband? But he wanted a drink from her because he wanted her to know that she had something to offer. Hmm. I mean, that's my take on it. It's like God still knows we have something to offer, but he's not going to leave us there. In that society, women were so cast aside. If the man wasn't pleased with her, he just used her and like threw her away. Hmm. That was all that she had ever known. When I feel like Jesus had that moment of go and sin no more, he doesn't say go back to what broke you. Go back to what made you sinful. He says, go, move on to something better. Mm. You know, he calls us out because he's calling us out of darkness. He's calling us out of the mess that we always make. He's calling us to a different life. Be whole in me because you're not going to be thirsty anymore. You're going to have everything that you need. Mm -hmm. So don't set your sights on being the castaway. You talk about the idea of breakthrough leading to freedom, right? Freedom from being stuck in our brokenness and that identity, that false identity that we've adopted for ourselves. Yet at times, freedom involves things that we perceive to be almost the opposite of freedom, right? Things Mm. like boundaries and rules. And at least for me, there are times where I go like, that doesn't feel like freedom. Like that feels constricting. And yet, Jesus seems to basically be saying that these limitations and boundaries, these rules Mm -hmm. are actually freedom giving for us. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and what role, like some of those icky words like rules (laughs) or boundaries play in breakthrough and freedom? Right. So many of us are such pleasers. When I started looking back after the fact of writing this book, someone would ask me like, what have you learned really about freedom? And I'm like, that it's super offensive to those who are not walking in it and who benefited from your brokenness. Wow. Mm. You know, so sometimes breakthrough is boundaries. I'm not going to go to the place that kept breaking me. Sometimes it's advancing enemy territory because we say, I'm not going to go there. That's not my battle anymore. This is what I'm going to do. One of the reasons I most often feel stuck (laughs) and feel frustrated with this whole conversation is because in some sense I am stuck. Mm -hmm. I mean, theologically, (laughs) we're being sanctified. We're being redeemed. We're also not there yet. Right. The work isn't done. We're not complete. We're going to continue to struggle until we're made perfect. You kind of allude to this at the end of your book that basically said, okay, so what if you've had a victory, you've advanced, yeah. you, you experienced some success yeah. or some breakthrough, yeah. and then guess what? 
here comes the <laughs> yes, stuff again, yes. right? Yeah. Because as we talked about, breakthrough isn't necessarily complete ultimate victory. It's not a one-time, like, one and done. Right. We mm, do never. believe that at some point that's coming, not yeah. because of us, but because yeah. of Jesus, right? But for the time being, that ultimate success isn't here yet. So it's going to be a couple steps forward, one step back yes, kind always. of journey. Man, the ups and downs of that, subsequently struggling again, that can feel really frustrating and defeating, <laughs> yes. I'm sure. Yeah. When here comes that same thing that I thought I had defeated or I had put right. behind me, and now it's rearing its head again. And so this is kind of where I want to land the plane a little bit is, can you talk just for a moment about the tension there, how to get back up yeah. and how to keep yeah. advancing even when we revert at times back into some of our yeah. brokenness habits? I think that in this world, we will be broken at different points. And even when we advance and made so much progress, there's going to be an insecurity that surfaces. There's going to be something that triggers you. That's not going to go away. Yeah. But it's just saying, I got up the last time and I was okay. Mm. So I'm going to get up this time, but you don't have to get up quickly. You know, like you can yeah. stay there for a little while. You know, like I fell in this public space where everybody was watching me oh. and you want to pop right back up. But sometimes you got to dust the dirt off and then mm. get back up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that there's a process and we put pressure on ourselves to just be okay, but like stay there, be like, ouch, that really hurts. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. try again because I think that when we say, I just don't want to be broken anymore. Well, we live in a broken world. My whole take on emotional health and moving forward and breakthrough is I want to be as close to healthy ish as possible. Mm. You know, I I want to be better than what I was in Mm. my twenties, very insecure, Mm. had my feelings hurt all the time. I want to be emotionally healthy ish. Yeah. I want to go through this breakthrough healthy ish, (laughs) you know? Right. I like that. Still aspirational, still moving forward. And yet also being cognizant of the limitations that exist for all of us. And Mm. we're going to be frustrated and that's part of it. But the fight is always worth it. Mm. I don't like the valley. I want to be on the hilltop. I want to be like the flags and cheering and all of that. But my character has been built in the broken places. Yeah. Mm. So I'm like, bring it on. And mm. then sometimes I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> like, you know, exactly. Where we stay stuck is when we're like, mm. I'm just not going to do anything because yeah. I don't want to be hurt anymore. Mm. That stuckness. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of the Really Real Podcast. But before we go, instead of drawing a blank, we're going to fill one in. Here's our fill in the blank for today. When it comes to brokenness and breakthrough, I had never really thought about blank. Hmm. Something Jennifer said towards the end that breakthrough is a beginning. Mm-hmm. I really like that statement because sometimes breakthrough can feel like you were saying, Anson, like this. I have to break through once and for all and never fall down again. And I've <laughs> achieved ultimate victory, ultimate victory. And I really like the idea of breakthrough as a beginning. Mm-hmm. It's a step towards wholeness and then just continuing to step in that direction. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Sort of similar, but different. I think what hadn't occurred to me before was that breakthrough is something that you can sometimes go through multiple times Mm -hmm. over an issue. Like you can achieve breakthrough with something. You can have that go for a stretch, but then you need to re-break through again. Mm -hmm. That's something that I've personally gone through that I haven't really been able to like term yet. And I think that seeing that today was really enlightening. And I like that a lot. That's helpful. Yeah, I really liked the term active brokenness. I was kind of interesting to me that rather than making brokenness our identity, we are an active participant in breaking through 
that brokenness, right? Ultimately, it's Jesus Christ that saves us and that redeems us. Mm. But we have a role to play in terms of responding to that call, participating in that process of sanctification. And so we're not powerless to be victimized perpetually by our brokenness. There is a role for us to play in breakthrough advance in taking each step. Yeah. All right. Guys want to go play some badminton? Let's do it. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Really Real Podcast. If you're the listener Isaac has been secretly communicating with through embedded code, the man in the high mountain scratches his beard. The ghost is in the screen. A14B27. Get more content or air your grievances in the Real FM Facebook group at real.fm slash insiders. Tune in next time to hear Anson, Kara, and Isaac say... President Kara whispers, 